What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David. I am joined with today, Jenny. Hey, guys. Ryan. What's happening? And leaving Haddonfield. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, made, I made the commute to a, uh, I guess, a transsexual Transylvania. Transylvania <laughs> is Leo as we are celebrating the 45th anniversary of a movie musical that is very near and dear to Jenny and me, Jenny and I, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And we get two first-time watchers here today with Ryan and Leo, so I can't wait to dive in. we're in Denton. Denton is where the castle is. Interesting. In Rocky Horror. Interesting. I did Although, not know that. Not according to Frankenfurter. Uh, you know, because Brad and Janet stand in front of the billboard that says Denton equals happiness or Denton something. Wonderful. But I don't know the state. There's no state. Wonderful. How are we doing today? I feel like something really big happened that made us very happy. <laughs> Meh, right? I, nothing, no, no, nothing, nothing world changing. Or nothing anything. world changing. I will. We're gonna we're gonna keep politics out of this, but I did want to mention this has some correlation to a movie. Um, I posted on our in, on my personal Instagram, and I think I told you guys off the line. I, this felt like the end of Return of the Jedi when the Empire was taken down and everyone was celebrating. I've been voting for. 16 years at this point and i don't think even when the when obama won i did not see cars pots celebrating honking horns people out their window with pots and pans it felt it felt like for once we were all united at least 60 70 percent of us were all united to uh to celebrate so it was it was it was a good day it was a good day um but let's get into the news I only want to talk about one little thing this week that should be addressed, and I'm glad that Leo and Leo's here today because it kind of goes along with something we spoke about the last time he was on, which is streaming making studios a lot of money. So Paramount Pictures has earned more off selling films than releasing them in 2020. Wow. So they have sold... Trial of the Chicago 7 is sold for $56 million. They sold, we spoke about coming to America for $125 million. And then the SpongeBob on the run, I believe that was also sold. And then they also sold the Issa Rae, Kumail Johnny rom-com, The Lovebirds to Netflix. So they've earned $450 million this year just by selling titles to different streaming services. Why do we have movies released in theaters anymore? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it, wow. It, yeah, I know. I thought it was interesting, the numbers there. I think um, we talked about this. Like some movies you can't really do too much in terms of selling because of the money that they may make in theaters. But I, I, this is this is great for streaming services and seeing what studios are going to do that. I, I And I want to preface by saying that because... Wonder Woman hasn't moved yet. So I wonder if But have we seen any marketing really? Like still like Does commercials it it? on TV? No, it's not that it needs it, but I feel like they're gonna run some commercial ads and things just to keep to like let people know we're still keeping it. I feel that the fact that it's been kind of quiet with those commercials, that maybe like they're gonna yeah. end up changing like maybe in a couple of weeks they they make the announcement. I wonder because it's been 
It's not like it needs advertising for the movie. People will go see the movie. At this point, it's it, just more about we're the getting tape. we're getting close to the end here, and they haven't moved it yet. That's why I wonder what they're waiting for. It's not like cases aren't going up. So, just just a fact I threw out there in terms of the the money you made. So, thoughts, Jen? Um, I mean, it kind of makes sense. There's less overhead for for the studio. Um, I think I think you know what it's. If 2020 has taught us anything, is that we all have to adapt to new things. Yeah, I agree. And new ways. And you know what? If we have the technology to do the things that we're doing, why not? I think there can always be a mix of old and new. But I think it's when you only embrace the old that you're going to lose business. So go for it. Go forward. Try new avenues. Try new venues. And, you know. Agree. I'd rather the studios not close and be there. To be able to continue to give us entertainment. Agreed. Leo, thoughts on? Yeah, so similar to what Jenny mentioned. I think kudos, kudos to them for thinking of a creative way to like stay afloat and make some actual financial, uh, I guess, impact with them. Like, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's awesome for them, and it's good to hear someone being a little successful in whatever's going on right now. A question for you though: Is this like, are the rights sold and they're gone, or is it one of those things where like it's like being like they're leasing believe, out the property? I believe and, it's. Like, a, I, I believe it's distribution rights because A twenty four owns the rights to um, Uncut Gems, but Netflix is their distribution partner. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Then yeah, Bert. yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. Uh, Ryan, thoughts? Uh, you guys took the words right out of my mouth. It's right on. I love it when we leave Ryan speechless. <laughs> it makes me. It, 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 and it it's works. good. I mean, at least they got to keep. That was the other thing. Part with like the studios, you got to keep more jobs around you know i know everyone is struggling and it's been really hard and people don't want to have to let people go so i mean the more that they can at least try to stay afloat in the meantime agreed and then uh this isn't really news it's just something i wanted actually jenny's opinion on too um david letterman has like a netflix show where he, he interviews people yeah that co- yeah. Couch yeah. Conversation outside. yeah so he did one with rdj and more obviously marvel came up uh-huh and he was talking about how he thinks he's done. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't think he will ever come back. And with this multiverse opening up, could we see a potential return with the multiverse Tony Stark having Pepper sacrifice himself and he's the one that raised Morgan? Thoughts, Leo? I mean, it's kind of like one of those, like, yeah, anything is possible. Like, it's literally, literally anything is possible. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that RDJ is, uh, I think, other than some kind of, like, special, he, he like, his heart is really into it that he wants to, like, like, maybe, like, after COVID, right? Like, yeah. one of those things where, like, he wants to prove, like, hey, no, everything is back to normal. Let's celebrate. I'll come back one last time. I don't really see him having the need to come back to the role too much. I agree. Um, yeah. Ryan, thoughts? I don't want him to come to back to the role. Maybe like for a couple of years at least. Like, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, th- I don't think it's necessary. I think Marvel's—it's a dick thing to say. I mean, and I, and I know that I, I'm, I don't mean it in in such a negative lighting, but like they don't really need him anymore. Yeah, I think they've done so well with moving into the future. I think they don't need him even in like a multiverse type of thing. Jen? 
I think it needs to be a really good story um, for him to come back. And hey, if they're going to give him the money, I think he'll definitely do it. Um, but I think he's he's done so well with the role right now that it makes such a difference um, that I think he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't have to come back. And I agree with Ryan, like just do it after several years and let's see. But then again, like, so we my, gave him a fitting closing, I guess. Yeah, I, sad, think, yeah. But I think if he comes back, it it'll well. be in the what if series, like the animated what if series. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's that, the, that, that's kind of where I see all, it, and, and, and they are all reprising those roles too. Like it's like they got the actual cast from the live action stuff to recast. So that makes perfect sense. I think I agree with you completely. Yeah, I miss Marvel so much that I I, I watch a Letterman show and I think of ways to bring Marvel to conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long, man. I can't wait for WandaVision. I really can't. It sucks no. that it's it sucks that it's a one uh, like a a weekly thing. But yeah, so that wraps up the news for the for the week. Now let's get into a little bit. We haven't done this in a while. Some quarantine watches, some some highlights. Ryan, I'll kick it off with you. What are some highlights that you watched over the last week? Uh, I finished Twin Peaks. Uh, oh, oh, Ryan, tell me how you feel before without spoiling too much. I'll say this: I no, season one was my favorite. Oh. No, you did a Jenny on me. I can't wait to discuss this at the end of the month. Not, not. I think it, it's because it's obvious why season was was very strong. I it was much better. Was it Dougie? It wasn't Dougie. Like, oh, like I think Doug, although Dougie took a little too long for my liking. Thank you, Ryan. I, I think it took me. I think after episode eight, and not to get too, you know, too into conversation about peaks here. Like, I think after episode eight, Dougie really picks it up for me before then i'm with both of you I, I was sitting there and i'm like okay i trust david lynch let's see where let's see where this goes so but i'm glad you finished it i can't wait to discuss it at the end of the month anything else right i watched alien for the first time excuse me <laughs> for the first time yeah. don't bury that, that's like that's like burying the lead i'm like david, wait what <laughs> we all have our first so, so of like ones that I'll shock you with the first times that I haven't watched yet. <laughs> what 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 did you think of Alien? I dug it. It was a really well done movie. <clears throat> that sounds like you're appeasing us, right? Have Tell you me. watched Aliens? <laughs> no, I just watched the first one right now. Okay. No, I, I I really do think it was well done. I was it really my cup of tea? No, like I had a. But I really did think it was well done. Yeah, Watch aliens. I, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna be an aliens guy because aliens. Like aliens. So better. aliens is to alien what Terminator Two is to Terminator One in terms of it's more of an action movie than it is a. Because I feel Terminator is more leaning towards a horror movie because he's kind of stalking these Sarah Connors trying to kill them. Same way with the Xenomorph. Yeah. In alien, in aliens, it's just fucking like it's action. A hundreds of aliens, and then the queen, so. badass females. Yeah. Right Anything else, right? Uh, that's all that comes to mind. Really? I thought you were going to talk about supernatural. Oh yes, yeah, does. Uh, <laughs> supernatural, two episodes left. It's been balls to the wall. It's been awesome. Um. Every time I think they're going to go left, they go right. Every time I think they're going right, they go left. Just like the election. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what, a, what about you, Leo? What do you have for this week? Anything? So, any highlights? 
Yes, yeah, so I'll start with Supernatural. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm right with Ryan. I, considering the show has been going on for half my life, <laughs> like it's still, <laughs> it's still impressive to see like they can still kind of surprise you. And I, just like Ryan, like they did some calls in the last couple episodes that I did not see coming. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm on board. I just want to see how they wrap it up. Um, I am also up to date with Mandalorian, which I know both of you guys are also in love with so far. Yes. Um, me too. Um, I actually, I actually binged, uh, a show that I, I, I was like lukewarm about trying, but I know it's got a huge, like, uh, a, a cult fan base. Um, Chuck. I love uh, Chuck. Yeah. It was a show on NBC for about, I think five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally watched it, uh, it grew on me. I, I definitely saw a lot of like the, the his evolution as a character. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see how like Zachary Levi became like just like this huge like iconic geek for like for the yeah. masses to love. Did you finish uh, but I it? Liked it? Yeah, I finished it. I like okay. I liked it a lot. The ending, I did. I wasn't completely crazy about the ending. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I would have uh, like Dave. I would have actually placed the ending on one of those like on the list that we've made of like Worse. my least favorite endings. Is it worse um, than like High Met Your Mother? It was bad, but it was like okay. Yeah, it was. Like, it, it, yeah, yeah. Is it, left, it, it left it, it left it unresolved. And Leo, like, oh. is it worse than Himium? Um, no, I no. not for me at least. Yeah. I don't know because no. I just love I know, the, the character French, so much. The blue French horn. No, 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 not for him. Oh, for Chuck. Chuck. Okay. Yeah, like I just love the show as a whole. It's very light in a way. Like yeah. you really don't yeah. have to think. It's like spy. Like it's just a little bit. Of, it's fun. I always found it to be really fun. Yeah, for sure. And, for sure. And, I agree with Danny. Yeah. And Jen, I know you want to talk about your cooking show. The Great British Baking Show. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically all I've watched all week. Um, I started on Netflix because Adrian, my friend Adrian, who's also been on the show, uh, was like, you should watch this. And then I know that they're currently in their collection eight, which would be our season eight here. Um, And I just love everything about the Brits. So, yeah. So I started watching it. I'm already on collection four. Um, It's good. It's like very, again, it's very lighthearted. I think 2020 has made me realize how much I just need more. Happiness. When, happiness and when I need to like <laughs> escape I need like positive things to watch and it's such an easy show to like watch while I'm doing something else too and I mean I wish I could bake half the shit that these people bake and it looks even the bad ones look amazing so I feel and I I just wish I could be like a professional taste tester for this show um but yeah so I've been watching the great British so show. you're not watching Schindler's no. List or anything with me anytime soon no 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 sad stuff no sad stuff and then uh yeah that's basically all I've been watching that's not Wait, all Jenny, you've been Jenny, do yeah. you get super competitive too like do you have like favorites that you're like all in on and you're like, like I guess uh criticizing other people's stuff well, I'm like looking and there's, there's definitely some people that you can tell early on in the first couple episodes you're like okay they're definitely not gonna be here at the end um, just cause like, what are they thinking about doing this now? I'm not an expert baker. So I feel like if I was like, if I knew more about baking itself, like I can make bread and cake and, and well, cupcakes, not cake. Um, but like, if I knew more stuff, I think I would be yelling at the TV more, <laughs> but, um, but you, you can definitely tell who's like thinking ahead and who's not. And, uh, and then definitely by the end, you kind of root for people. Like I had just started the show maybe like a week ago and, you know, actually the other day, one of the contestants from the, the first collection actually passed away. Um, 
suddenly and so like everyone was like and i was like oh louis like louis and he was so nice on the show and he he got towards the end so he was one of the finalists and um so i was a little bummed about that so yeah yeah and you that's not the only thing you watched well the mandalorian nope and i will get what else uh, so i watched a couple of movies this week. Sometimes I just dabble. Like if you have it on TV, I just walk into the living room, get and like you a just piece, and walk out. <laughs> so I watched a documentary that I suggest if you guys haven't seen it, I think it may win the Oscar because of what we're living in right now. It's called Totally Under Control. I don't know if you guys have checked that out yet. So it's about COVID and how mishandled this current administration has dealt with COVID. It will make you very angry in terms of what could have been done, what other countries did, and how inept we were to testing to everything. It's pretty it's pretty incredible how ill prepared we were. And I think you guys Leo, especially you, I think you really will will really dig it in terms of right. it's very dated because of how quick this virus has been changing every day. So it's incredible for you to say that it's dated if yeah. it's about the COVID yeah. pandemic. The <laughs> where it ends, I think it ends in the summer. Oh, so wow. it's very, very like you can tell like where we are now here in November, it's very dated. But it, everything before then, it, you get you get the picture. You kind of get yeah. the picture. So it's on Hulu right now. Nope. Um, I also saw the American President, which leads me to. Um, I, I guess I was in a very patriotic mood this week with the election, so I decided to watch like a whole bunch of patriot. I saw all the presidents, men, and then I saw the American president. Uh, my number two favorite movie president. So it's it's Sorkin at his best. I think this is what inspired the other thing that Jenny was watching that she did not mention that she's been trying to get me to watch for like three years, and I finally oh, caved in. I know what it is. The West Wing. It Ooh. is. That's our nighttime show. It is. Well, I give. I I've will give Jenny. Already, I but my third. I'll give Jenny this. Now. I wish that I listened to her earlier, but I felt like the timing now is more perfect with COVID. I'm keeping that recording. That yeah, little you should. Snippet yeah, you of should. Recording. I'm gonna um, play it every time. The West Wing yeah. is probably one of the best written shows I've ever seen. It wow. is so 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 good. I'm very into politics in terms of on TV. I'm very into like history, and I just love the fact. Um, that they dive into so many things. It's not just your cliche weekly drama, NBC drama. I really, they really dive, dive deep into the more the politics of the White House. And I highly recommend it if you guys haven't seen it. If you want a little lighter West Wing, watch The American President because The American President does have a lot of people from the West Wing on there. And yeah, no, it's really, really solid stuff. And then The Mandalorian, which we really couldn't talk about last week. Uh, in terms of The Mandalorian, Leo, Ryan, thoughts on the reveal? Spoil, big spoiler. If you guys haven't seen it, fast forward. Thought on the reveal at the end of episode one. I'll kick it off with Ryan. Awesome. Like, just jaw-dropping. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Do you put this over Baby Yoda? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and I'll answer myself in a bit. Leo? What, what, what do you mean over Baby Yoda? Reveal. Like, uh, the reveal. Oh, yeah. No, this was definitely one. Um, it's funny because this was definitely a deep cut if you don't know the actor. Uh, yep. Like offline, you, we've been talking about how, like, 
like we all recognized it, but I wonder how many people didn't recognize it. Um, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I, I guess I, I guess it's funny. I'm I'm eager to see if this can make that character as badass, yes, as badass as everyone thinks he is already. Yeah, we've joked about this. How like yeah, he he has a great outfit, but um, that's 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 about it. He really doesn't do anything, and he gets eaten, or so we thought. Jen, spoiler. Um, so you're asking me to, to no, compare? not you. Actually, I'm actually going to answer. Like it's I'm, Baby Yoda, it's so the child. I, will, I mean, I will go with Jenny on this. No, say, it was a great. It was a really good reveal. I think it was a very like we didn't. I didn't expect it. I don't, and I don't think um, Favreau teased it or anything yeah, like that. So that's so they I, kept it. It was. It that's was where, good. It was that's a good where I was gonna, secret to keep. That's where I was going to cut in. I I choose oh. Baby Yoda because we all knew the actor was cast, so we knew it was coming eventually. Uh, Oh really? Never I did mind. not know. I the, ba- the baby Yoda stuff? Ain't no one thought that was happening. So I wait. But, I will hey, say they, they could have they could have cast the actor in like a masked role because there's been a lot of ca- yeah. actors that have been cast in masked roles. I think because they cast the same person that plays Jango Fett in Attack of the Clones. I I coming. It's the same thing that I feel with Evan Peters being cast in the MCU. I'm like it's it's there. We we want to think it's not, but it, I think it's more obvious yeah. than we than we think. So that's why I, I I love the surprise. I'm I'm surprised they did it. My biggest surprise was they did it in episode one. I thought this was something that we were going to build to and not uh get it in episode one. My only so I will take my only big gripe was that there were a lot of websites. I get it. You want to have your clickbait articles, and this is this isn't like a comicbook.com. This is like a variety. Um, like you basically put the character in your like headline and i'm like dude i called it i mean whatever i called it out in a facebook comment and who's gonna pay attention to that anyway but i'm like don't reveal it for the people that haven't watched it a day later like you've only given them a few hours to watch the show and you're revealing that like this character came back and you're ruining it for everybody yeah it sucks i mean i do like whatever i do like that that's what i love about this show so much that we watched yesterday we watched this week's episode last night I don't know if you guys agree. I just love the fact that it really like it's moving the central story because he's getting from point A from point B to point B. But I like the I just love the fact that that we get this self-contained adventure every episode. Oh, Dave, could you clarify? I mean, just for the for the listeners, because you mentioned something offline that I was really intrigued by um, your your theories on the, this particular actor being cast here and the behind the scenes stuff going on with the actual lead of the show. Oh, so. Um, Paulo Pascal. That's how you pronounce his name, right? Or Pascal? Pascal? Pedro. Pedro Pascal. Pedro. Is it Pascal, Pascal or Pascal? Pascal. Pascal. So Pascal. he is having certain. There is a there is a chance he will not be back next season because he's having creative differences with Disney in term and and Lucasfilm in terms of what they want in terms of do he wants more scenes with the mask off and everyone knows Star Wars and Mandalorian. Origins, you don't. They don't take the mask off. That's just not something that happens. So I, I wonder if Bob was not a villain, and we may transition to that actor taking the mantle because the show is the Mandalorian. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it has to be him. So I hope not because I just, I love, I just love him in, in that role. Even though we don't see his face, just his performance as a whole is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it doesn't happen, but it's just. You know, I love making theories with Star Wars, so this is just one that came to mind. 
Uh, would you be okay with him not being a villain, uh, Leo? I, you know what? I, I can definitely see it. Um, I could see him taking on like a mentor role, like uh, like learning more about like just like, just because you, you can tell that right now. Does Mandalorian have a name, by the way? <laughs> he I, doesn't, right? No, I don't believe I don't so. Think I think so. we got Nothing. a little bit of origins in the season finale, but that's about it. Yeah, but I don't think we got like a real name. Yeah, so I guess because the Mandalorian, I could, you can see he's, 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 he's looking for his people, he's searching for them. So it would be one of those, like, it'd be cool to see him getting, like, taught certain things from from Boba. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I would be cool for him as a lead, too, but also even just staying as, like, a type of Obi-Wan character for the Mandalorian. Yeah, I do. I like that. Ryan? Yeah, no, I agree with Leo because like I didn't like when I first saw him, I didn't even think of him as a villain. And when um, when I say that, I mean in Mandalorian, mm-hmm. like I'm like, oh, maybe he will be uh, like the Obi Wan to Mando. Like, who knows what's gonna happen? Like, so I do agree with Leo. What on I want it. with this is a Ivan Drago in Creed two. Like Ivan Drago in Rocky four is a very menacing person to look at. But there's nothing to that character. It's just a villain of the week. But in Creed 2, you see a disheveled like fighter that pretty much was abandoned after he lost to Rocky. And you see more of a development. I kind of want this with Boba. Like, he, yeah. Maybe he doesn't know he's a clone. And he finds out he's a clone. And we find out more deep information about the Clone Wars that Attack of the Clones didn't give us. Stuff like that. Like, yeah. use the Star Wars lineage to your advantage in, in, in character development. So we'll see what happens. I mean, we have a rest of a whole season to, to tell. Jen? So the Mandalorian does have a name. Uh, Din Jaren. Cool. Okay. There you go. Thank you. It was revealed in Chapter 8, yeah. Redemption. The finale. Yeah. So it's probably the, the scenes that we saw him as a kid. Alrighty. So let's move on to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show has a very special place for Jenny and I. It was actually our our first date, and Jenny and I I proposed to Jenny on the stage of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So this was one. This was one that I couldn't let the anniversary pass by, and we could talk about that a little later. But I want to get to Ryan and Leo because this is your first time watching it, and you didn't really get the full experience because the full experience is midnight showing in a theater and we'll get into that a little later but watching it on the small screen ryan what did you think of the rocky horror picture show or not blown away he's he's i love when ryan's speechless or he just muted his mic ryan's speechless is the best leo what about yes ryan we can hear you yeah we can hear you (laughs) sorry um no the music was great um the story was good and i enjoyed myself you, so I, I have problems with the story, but it is what it is. We'll get into it a little later. Uh, Leo, thoughts? So, Dave, you mentioned that it's my first time. It's absolutely not my first. time. It's not. <laughs> oh my god, that's no. cool. that's great. I didn't even know you had seen it before. No, no. So actually, um, it's I, it's funny because when um when I decided to join the show for this particular episode, like um Rocky Horror Picture Show has a very special place in my heart too. Let's I hear it. Didn't propose to anybody, but. <laughs> I was um, <laughs> waiting for that story, Leo. Like I've known you for like twenty years, and I'm like Leo proposed to someone. No, no, no. So it's cool because I love I love that it holds such a special place for you two, right? And I and knowing what I knew about this film, I'm like, oh, that's honestly that's pretty badass. And just seeing like the the live reenactments that you guys took part of when you 
propose. I was like, I love it because I know how those reenactments can go. So for me, um, I didn't see it growing up. What happened was my very, very first night of uh, college, um, I, I just moved into my dorm and the next day would be my first day of classes. So like, like a typical, I don't know if it's typical, but like a nerdy freshman, I wanted to go around campus and figure out where all my classrooms were going to be. Hey, so that I, I did that too. It's not okay. nerdy. Cool. It is a little nerdy, but it's Jenny cool. got mad defensive I right actually, now. No, I actually skipped my Rutgers um, convocation ceremony because I was like, fuck this. And I was like, I need to go figure out where the hell I'm going tomorrow. So I yeah. skipped that whole ceremony. But a Montclair State had a lot of cool events for freshmen. And uh, so I, I went around campus. And it was a pretty small campus at the time. And I went to try to like look at all the different buildings that I was going to have class in. And then I eventually got to this one part of the building that was a, of, the, of the campus that was older. And I'm seeing a bunch of people like lining up to go somewhere. And this group of people included like, college girls in lingerie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like any red blooded heterosexual male in college, I want to investigate what them. the heck is going on. <laughs> So um, it just turns out that college State, out of college. Let's be honest. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, oh, this is college. This is what it is. Everyone just walks around in lingerie. Um, no, but what was funny was the Montclair State. I guess their players team does this every year. Like this is tradition is for their players to put on a performance of Rocky Horror Picture Show on the first night of uh, of, of, of of school. So I went to the theater not knowing at all what to expect um everyone's asking are you a virgin are you a virgin i'm like what the heck is going yep. on yep i was gonna um, ask you if you were if you were asked to be a virgin so like I, I i will be honest i didn't fully give myself to the experience because i'm like i don't know what the hell they're talking about let me just stay kind of like to the back and not like not, not like what is this uh, but i <laughs> But I, bro, I, I got to experience it like everyone screaming out loud and all the callbacks and all the engagement. And like, even though like I had no idea what I was getting into, like the fact that there were so many people all in on this was it was it was honestly one of the best and the ladies uh, in lingerie and the ladies, and the ladies in lingerie. In lingerie. <laughs> it, was a, it was a perfect first day of college. So I I saw it for the first time with a shadow cast in 2014, but I had seen, I had already seen the movie. Uh, and I kind of had the same thing, but I went all in. Like I sat in the first row. Oh, nice. And I was just like, all right, let's see what happens. I had heard like that. It's crazy. And then same thing with you, Leo, they started doing the virgin thing. And I said, okay, um, what does that mean? And then they yep. told me, and I'm like, yeah, I had never seen it with a stage, so they put the V on my on my on my forehead. And I don't know if they did this for you, but all virgins are taken to the stage. Yeah, that's why I said I wasn't a virgin, because everyone started going on stage. I'm like, nah, nah, and, nah. <laughs> and for those listening that aren't aware, virgins are someone that has never been to the Rocky Art Picture Show with a with a live cast. So depending on the person, depending on the show, they put you on the stage and they tell you for ours it was you have to do your best moan. And then they kick a few people off. I didn't make it past the first round. And then they do some other stuff to the rest. But uh, then Jenny and I started talking. And 
and <laughs> she had told me she had never been to. I don't know how we got into that conversation about I think Rocky. We were Her. just talking about movies, and it was one of my favorite movies. Like when I saw it, I was actually a kid. I can't tell you how old I was, but again, like only child. I had illegal cable. I used to watch a lot of stuff on HBO, HBO, <laughs> like Max. I don't know. Like I had every channel and especially spending summers, like mainly by myself while my parents were working and I was home. Like I watched a lot of different movies. That's how I've discovered a lot of my favorites, like My Girl 2, Grease 2, Rocky Horror Picture Show. So um, one I of watched the, it as One a of kid. these things is not like the others. Um, yeah. Yes, they are. Please, please don't put Rocky Horror Picture Show in a company with those um, other movies. <laughs> they're amazing. But uh, no, they all hold a special place in my heart. So that's where I actually watch it. So I think we were just talking about movies we liked because we watched, we talked about TV. We talked about a lot of stuff. And then, um, and then when I said that I had never seen it live and it w- I knew it was like around the time and it had always been something I had meant like been meaning to go to but I just never got around to it I also you know if I didn't have anyone that I didn't have too many movie buddies actually at the time uh, no. nobody goes to the movies the way Dave goes and to then the she met it and then she met this snob and, she's and then like, oh my now God. I go to the movies like all it well not this year but I normally I would go to the movies all the time now uh, yeah, so then Dave was like, oh, let's go on Friday, and I'll buy the tickets and all that. And I was like, yes. And then we went, and the rest is history. <laughs> and then I proposed to her on the yeah. stage, so, which like, is nerve-wracking. This was a major investment for a first date, though, because this show was at midnight, and we were meeting up at, like, 6 after work. Um, so if this date was a dud, it was a long date. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out, and it was a great date. But this was an investment for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, after that, we, you know, outside of the proposal, Rocky Horror Picture Show on Halloween in New York. We did that the following year because Halloween fell on a Saturday. Yeah. Leo. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and we took people this time. We took like eight, nine people because I just wanted everyone to experience Rocky sure. Horror and the fact that on Halloween, everyone in costumes, regular cosplay, the regular lingerie that Leo was talking about. Wasn't everyone's cup of tea. Was not everyone's okay. cup of tea. Let's just say that. Yeah. We didn't think it would be per se. Yeah. But, fine. but yeah, then I figured I'm going to marry this girl. Might as well do Aww. it the right way. And then I reached out to the shadow cast at the uh, Monster Mania convention at Transylvania Nipple Productions is the company name. They're out of <laughs> Philly. And reached out to... Uh, the person that plays Magenta, her name's Erica, and we exchanged DMs and we made it happen. If, uh, and thanks to Jenny, it almost didn't because she didn't want to listen to uh, Erica. She told us to sit in the front row and she's like, oh, yeah. She said hello to me and she's like, oh, let's move you to the front row so you guys, I can hook you up because that was part of our plan. And Jenny's <laughs> like, I don't want to move. So Well, to the be rep- fair, we were sitting in decent seats and then the fire... Well, that was, that was after you said you didn't want to move. And then the fire marshals came and closed everything down for like 10 minutes. It was a shit show until I actually proposed. proposed. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that's Rocky Horror Picture Show in terms of our first couple of experiences. Uh, let's get into the movie itself. So it's a musical comedy, 1975, released by 20th Century Fox, produced by Lou Adler, Michael White, and directed by Jim Sherman. Uh, the screenplay was written by Sherman and actor Richard O'Brien, who's also a member of the cast. The film is based on the 1973 musical stage production, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, with music, book, and lyrics by O'Brien. The production is a parody tribute to the science fiction and horror B-movies of the 1930s through the early 1960s. Along with O'Brien, the film stars Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, Barry Boswick, 
and is narrated by Charles Gray with cast members of the original Royal Court Theater uh, redoing their roles. Kind of like Rent. When Rent came to the big yeah. screen, it was the majority. The only one was Rosario, right? Yeah. From the OG cast. Uh, the movie was released on August 15th, 1975, and it's still playing in theaters today. Every mm-hmm. week, every week, every Friday, every Saturday at midnight. Obviously, COVID, outside of COVID, but it, before COVID, it played it played for thirty five straight years, which is pretty crazy. The budget was one point four million. The box office. This is just a number that I got because the box office is probably a lot more than this now. Uh, one hundred and seventy million dollars. Well, it. And is that total box office like worldwide? Because it didn't do so well in the U.S. It did not until it became a cult hit. Yeah. So before the midnight screening success, the film was withdrawn from its eight opening cities due to what you said, a very small audience. And its planned New York City opening on Halloween night was canceled. Wow. Yeah. So then it played at midnight. I think it played with um, around the time that a Brian De Palma film. Similar style of film was released and it be- and it had a cult following, but then the midnight thing started with Rocky Horror and it really just became a thing. Like it, it's, I have cousins, older cousins that are in their forties and fifties that have done Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, it's an event. It's an I event. mean, people, you know, an event, a tradition. Um, I think. Especially in the beginning, I think it was probably an outlet for a lot of people that didn't feel that were maybe marginalized, that didn't feel um, they had representation on a screen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just being or just being able to, like, go and have fun and like just in and then just the overall campiness of it. And yeah. And I think a lot of the popularity stems from the audience part- participation. And mm-hmm. you mentioned that before, Leo, I think. I love shouting back to the screen. I adore talking back. I love calling Janet a slut. I love calling Brad an asshole. It's a staple of Rocky Horror. And I I, I love how each cast has someone to kind of egg everything on. I don't know if you had that when you saw it, Leo, but like yep. um, right at the opening where when you first see Lips and someone from the cast always says, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there was Lips. And we want more lips or something along those lines. And then the song starts and then, you know, the movie takes off from there. Did you have props? Because we when we go to Rocky Horror, they give you can buy prop bags. Did you have props when you did it, Leo? No, no, no. Ours ours was very. um, Yeah, it was no, no props for us. Uh, Just to kind of like piggyback on what you mentioned, however, like I think what what really did me did it for me was just the passion of the people that were like fans of it. Mm -hmm. Like. It was it was very much like my first quote unquote Comic Con. Like it yeah. was like it's like an inside joke that everyone on stage knows about and you kinda just wanna know more about it. Um and just kinda like what 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 Jenny mentioned, like, yeah, it's like it's a very um it's a very interesting way and place for people to kinda like express themselves that don't usually get to express themselves yeah. and then go back to their normal like uh, appearances and normal like demeanor, but like but like behind closed doors, watching Harry, po- uh, watching um, um, 
Rocky Horror, it's, it's a whole different world. But yeah. no, no, no props, though. I, and I yeah. think you have such a mix of, like, the seasoned veterans that have seen the show, like, 200 times, and then the mix of, like, the new people, right? Like, the, the virgins aren't going to really know what to call back, right? And then you have those mm-hmm. medium people that are, like, at 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times. And so, and every time someone changes it up, and so you also, the crowd feeds off of each other. Yeah, and at the, at the one we go to, um that we usually do they make everyone stand up and they say you know if you've seen the rocky horror picture 200 times sit down and if people uh sit down they pretty much poke fun at them they're like get a fucking life and it progressively (laughs) goes lower and lower and lower i think jenny and i are in the 20s now so yeah i think so now yeah something in the 20s yeah so we're not virgins anymore so we (laughs) we do love taking virgins to Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's just, it's just a fun thing. And Ryan's like, I definitely saw this movie the the wrong way. <laughs> He's like, damn, I I gotta dodge the bullet in this one. <laughs> we when we've taken certain people, like we, I took a buddy of mine, and I did warn him like about how the show is, and I told him it, it's a funny thing because I told him don't sit at the end because if they see you and you look uncomfortable, they're going to make you more uncomfortable. <laughs> And he's like, no, I want to stay sitting here. So I said, are you sure? I asked him like four or five times. He said, yes. He didn't want to move. He sat there. And when he got sat on and he got sat on by Frankenfurter. Wow. So that's just, you know, kind of the thing. But highly, highly recommend, you know, outside of just seeing this movie, doing the midnight experience, because that's I feel like that's the only way. Like we saw it for our anniversary this year, our date anniversary, And. Not at midnight. Not at midnight. Like, at eight o'clock, like eight two o'clock. old people, <laughs> and it it's great, but it just wasn't. It's not the same. So let's get into age best and age worst. Ryan, you seem less gun ho on this movie. So what's what scenes age bad for you? Age worst? Um, really nothing age worse for me. Just Brad's judgmentalness. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand on the entire movie. Jen, I'm really, the only thing that aged bad for me in this movie. Jen, um, so three things really. So Brad and Janet's relationship is just like, I mean, it's the typical. They're supposed to be like the, the top relationship, like this perfect couple, and that, and then it by the end of the movie you see like all of their flaws, mm-hmm. and you know, Brad, Brad does get like, they're both really annoying. Um, so I guess in that mindset, they're perfect for each other. Um, like Brad is just trying to like protect Janet and be this like guy. And then Janet's just like, Oh, Brad. And it's just like sickening. And so like that, um, riffraff and Magenta's relationship. Why? I love the relationship. I love the elbow sex. Yeah. Elbow Elbow sex. sex. So like, it's not, I'm not saying I, I love the movie as a whole. So I really don't have anything wrong with it i just think like though it is weird the more you watch it the more you're like it is a little off it's just but it's fine yeah leo what about you wait i'm not done (laughs) you're not done you have more. i said three things (laughs) okay go ahead so this actually goes back to the callbacks that you do so you know how you call janet a slut oh god and brad's an asshole here we go to be fair, she had the same amount of sex as Brad, Frankenfurter, and all of them. Absolutely not. Two times, yes. Oh, yes. She had... Um, with Frank? With Frank and, and Rocky. with Rocky. Yeah. That's two times. 
And Brad yeah. had it once. Brad, Brad had, only it. had it once. Frank had it twice. Frank had it twice. Fine. Yeah. So it's not fair to call her a slut. Anyway, that's just I, that's my own personal opinion. Leah, what about you? <laughs> so yeah, uh, much. Like, it's funny because like when you ask the question of what's aged poorly, it's like what's aged poorly in the sense of like a movie or like Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah. reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, to be honest, like I think just keeping it pretty like lighthearted. Um, uh, Jenny mentioned it. It's true. Like their relationship kind of like is one of those things. Where like if you really start digging, you see some like um, some actual really good callouts to like the the how how really they are as individuals. But I wasn't a fan of them so easily cheating on each other. Um, but it also makes sense in the in the scope of the movie. Um, Doctor Frankenfurter slapping Janet, however, didn't age pretty well because oh, yeah. regardless of the fact that that forgot about that. Keeps, yeah, that that didn't go too well. And yes, unfortunately, I, I agree with Jenny. The, insect- the incestual relationship between yeah. uh, Riff yeah. Raff and Magenta. Riff Raff and Magenta wasn't too uh, too good. But shout out to Tidy Whiteys. I mean, you know. That's- actually, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you said that because actually that's in my one of my age best is Tidy Whiteys. Speedos. <laughs> uh, age worse, I really – I mean, I guess I would say their relationship because you knew – I always laugh at this part of the song where he's at the beginning of the movie when they when he proposes to her and he's like she's like oh Brad and he right the second verse he regrets he's like oh damn it damn it damn it, damn it. Uh, but no yeah I don't really have too many of the age worst but age best I have a few here so I have Tim Curry because that performance is incredible uh, human cloning that's age really well I I actually put assholes and sluts that to age really well. <laughs> uh the time warp dance that's age great uh mi- the midnight movie because i think that kind of started the midnight movie trend and some last some don't apparently people think cats is going to be the next midnight thing and i've seen cats and that's not gonna happen no. cats is just not a good movie um shadow cast that's age well marriage proposal at the rocky horror picture show midnight showing that's age really well <laughs> And Meatloaf. Meatloaf aged really well. Oh, yeah, Meatloaf. Meatloaf is fantastic in that. All right. That guy award. Jen, who do you have here? What about everyone else's oh, age? Oh, yeah. Age what about best? our age Yo, best? Yeah, what the I'm... heck? Damn, Dave. Jen. <laughs> so, the music. The music, the campiness. Um, I love it. I love it all. Um, I love also the callback to like old movies in the beginning of the movie and the lips and having yes. that like old school opening, um, those opening credits. So I love that. That's my age best. Leo, uh, music overall, you can't say it didn't age. That, that was a, that's yeah. amazing. All those songs are still so catchy and so fantastic. Um, the Nixon radio broadcast at the beginning was pretty freaking great. Because <laughs> uh, I'm like hearing, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like, c- considering we're just going through this whole election right now, and I'm hearing like Nixon be like an upfront man, like president, like turning down his role. I'm like, huh, that aged pretty well. Uh, Susan Sarandon in general <laughs> aged pretty well. Um, and actually, this was a really d- a deep Leo one. Leo liked um, her in her lingerie. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Huge fan. Uh, pansexual transvestite lead. That was unheard of. And uh, even though it was Tim Curry portraying it, I think that's a huge, huge thing that it has to be given props to this movie. Um, 
I actually I like the the one scene where uh, and this is funny because it's like the third time we review a movie and the third time I can make it relevant to today. But Magenta and Columbia both wearing face masks. <laughs> <laughs> I think Leo, you should do. I think when when you have the time with when you're not working, we should have a podcast where you look at every movie in the past like 50 years and just look at face masks and how they're relevant to today because <laughs> yeah, right? you are have become okay. a pro it's true i can like identify covid relevant things that we have been <laughs> missing for the last 50 years uh but yeah no uh and a lot i guess the last thing i, I kind of thought aged really well too was uh columbia standing up for herself um it was like a it was just it was just cool seeing like the the female a female character in the movie like stand up for what she thought was right against awesome. the, the male lead and ryan um i also had face masks <laughs> um <laughs> meatloaf and the music yeah um i i was gonna save this for later but i might as well since you guys all mentioned the music what is your favorite song if you have one jen um oof. my favorite song it's so hard to pick a favorite though um I have th- I have three on my end. I'll I'll go back, back to, to me. yeah Leo. Do you I have one on mine? A time warp always jumps to the number one for me. Yep. I just I just it's just so so catchy and so just all, all, all it just it just always reminds me of the movie. Um, but also also uh I don't know if, I don't I don't know the name, I don't know the name of it, but maybe it's like the one with um the one where uh, Janet and Rocky have sex creature uh, of the da, night da, da, or touch, touch me, me. Yeah. yeah yeah what about what about you rye do you have one um the one in the beginning i th- i can't think of the name that's actually one of are you talking about the one at the very beginning in the opening credits no like uh the one was like jump to the side jump you know the time, warp. The time, warp. time warp time warp time warp time warp time warp yeah, so for me, I have time warp science fiction double feature. I love the one at the end, don't dream it, be it. Um, and the, I, I don't know how I forget this, the Meatloaf song, because that song is fantastic. I, 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 so, I don't like the Meatloaf song. I have so that as my, me, my least favorite. Oh my God. It's actually Time Warp and Hot Patootie. Yeah, the Hot, hot Patootie. Patootie. Let's not sing. Let's not sing, Jennifer. Uh, <laughs> really? I'm surprised did you didn't it. like it, Leo. Yeah, I don't know. I, did, I wasn't a fan of that. I mean, overall, it's like, it's like the my least favorite of all the songs in the, but it's still, it's still not going to break or like break the movie. It's yeah, I agree. A fantastic movie. All right. That guy, I actually, I'll kick this one off because I know that I know he was in spin city, but I actually went with Barry Bostwick. Nice. Cause I really just know him. That's that, that's Brad. That's why I went with there. Jenny. Richard O'Brien. Riff Raff? Yeah. Aww. I mean, this is where I know him from. I think because I've never seen him in anything else. Yeah. So. Like, this is this is it for me. What about you, Leo? Uh, Meatloaf, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew Meatloaf I, from this movie before I knew him as actually like the yeah bat out of hell singer. What about you, Rye? Who'd you go with? I actually didn't go anyone since this was my first time. So there was like no one I can be like, oh, that's this from this person. So, so Smart move, Rye. <laughs> that left shrimp. Six man of the film award. Who was the best supporting player, Jen? I put Riff Raff and Magenta, actually. I actually did the same thing. Aww. I actually, and I gave a special, I did um, Richard O'Brien and Matricia Quinn as Magenta and Riff Raff as my sixth man, but I did want to give a shout out to Meatloaf because even that one scene and when he- Poor Columbia is getting no love. 
Although she is the most, I think she's the most popular costume outside of Frank. She is, she is, yeah. But I mean, she really is just a plot device in the movie. Yeah. So it's not like. What about you, Leo? Yeah, I have refresh. Uh, I, I, it's funny because I, I was gonna put um, Magenta with it, but I was like, let me just be. I'll just single it out. Refresh. And do you have one, Rye? Um, I have Barry Bostick. All right, cool. So you went with Brad. All right. Becky O'Shea, Icebox Award, MVP of the film. I mean, I, I'm not even going to ask Jenny and Leo because the only one that would probably surprise me is Ryan. Ryan, do you have anyone else <laughs> but Tim Curry? I have Tim Curry. All yes. right, fantastic. So I've seen a lot of Tim Curry, and I'm sure we all have. Is this his best performance? Uh, so it's tough saying best. I will say it's unlike any other performance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because I feel like some of his other stuff, right, like he – here he's really like well it's, besides of course in it but like here he's the lead like he has to carry the story like if his performance sucked the whole movie it, sucks. i feel like it it wouldn't i mean yeah it wouldn't have been the same like this performance is like iconic like when you think tim curry i feel like you gravitate towards this first and foremost over anything else that he's done agreed um i say yes i actually think this should have been a golden globe nominee for best musical Best actor in a musical or comedy. I think he would have won. I think if this movie came today, absolutely 100%. But I think because of when it came out, I don't think everyone took, anyone took it oh, seriously. Oh, yeah. I actually think in the awards circle, circle, I think if this movie came out today, it'd be a big player. Absolutely. Like, across the board. Screenplay, best picture, director, supporting actor, actor. Yeah, And I think he would have definitely won the the Golden Globe for Best Music or, or Comedy. It would have been cool. Like, if it came out this year, it would have been Tim Curry versus Sacha for Bora, oh, and, Bar- Bora and Frankenfurter. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, peaks and Valleys. So, Peak, Jenny. Peter Henwood, Rocky. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't yeah. really seen him in anything that's- else, and... I, I, you know, I don't know how prolific he was really after, but not enough for me to. Yeah, I actually had a hard time with this one, but I actually will because go with Barry Bossett, Barry Bossett, I've seen him. Well, I didn't yeah. see him in Spin City, but I've seen him in like other things. And then like Susan Sarandon, obviously, and all of the Tim Curry, like all of these other people. And I don't really put Richard O'Brien or Patricia Quinn either because I feel like they still had other things that they did. Yep. But I feel like Peter. And he has no lines in the movie. <laughs> Very few. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Leo? Who do you go with here? Uh, absolutely the same. Yeah. It's it's funny because like I I always kind of like remember that after my first time watching it, I'm like, damn, Rocky is like the most forgettable character in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Big time. What about you, Ryan? Who do you go with? Little Neo Columbia. Little who? Little now. Oh, Col- Columbia. Little now. Yeah. So I went for Valley. I actually went with Tim Curry and the and the movie as a whole. Because of what it is today. Jen? For Valley. Valley? Yeah. I Are you with Susan Sarandon or So Tim it was Curry? like both. It was both Tim Curry and Susan Sarandon. I kind of edged out Susan Sarandon a little more, though she's done less now, but so has he. So it but it's different. So I guess I'd tie them. I actually thinking about it's it. It's a little harder to put thinking it. about it, I broke my own rule. So I think I have to go back and go back to Susan Sarandon because I broke my own rule. She did win the Oscar in 1996. So I think it has to was be Was that Susan. for Dead Man Walking? Dead Man Walking, yeah. Which is a really great movie. I've never seen it. 
It's very depressing. Do not watch it in 2020. <laughs> oh, I'll watch it. I'll watch it's it. It's a great movie. It has Sean Penn. He's on death row, and she plays a nun. Why wouldn't I watch it? It's not about a pandemic and or anything. She like well because it's sad. It's just it's a really it's a really heavy movie. I actually watched this in religion class in At high Libra? school. Oh no, in high school. Uh, um, it's a very it's a good movie, but it's very very heavy. What about you, Lou? Who do you go with here? It's Susan Sarandon, uh, and it's funny because I guess because I saw I saw I saw Rocky Horror Picture Show after watching Home Alone. Two. Oh, <laughs> so when I think oh shit! Curry, yeah, <laughs> I think Home Alone too. And then I'm like, oh, he's also a rock horror picture show. Uh, but yeah, no, I, for me, it's Susan Sarandon. What about you, Rye? I also went Susan Sarandon. Cool. I just kept in my role, but I love Tim Curry. I, I, I can say it's like neck and neck outside of the Oscar winners. What puts it over the top for for me? So let's round this out with some fun facts here. Some Rocky facts. So. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is considered to be the longest running release in film history. So the reason that studio, that theater are still able to play this is because it benefited from a 20th Century Fox policy that made archival films available to theaters at any time. Having never been pulled by 20th Century Fox from its original 1975 release, it continues to play in cinemas today. And because of the, what 20th Century Fox did, theaters can get it without any problem. I'm curious now because they don't own it anymore. <laughs> Who owns it now? Disney. Oh, you're right. So I, I did a little bit of research here. And after Walt Disney acquired Fox in 2019 and began withdrawing archival Fox movies from theaters to be placed into Disney Vault, the company made an exception for the case of Rocky Horror Picture Show to allow traditional midnight screenings to continue. That's dope. But knowing Disney, imagine. I, I, I don't see them doing this, but them, it wouldn't shock me if one day they just put it in the vault. Nah, I don't think so. Um, number two, this is a theatrical movie debut of Tim Curry. Oh, sure. Which makes sense. 75. Number, number three, when Barry Bostwick pounds his fist on the table during the dinner scene, he accidentally pounded the hand of Susan Sarandon. The reaction from Sarandon is prominent and real. She got her revenge by accidentally, quote unquote, stepping on Bostwick's foot with her spike heel during the floor show, the floor show scene at the end of the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. There is one famous person, I love casting what ifs here, uh, that auditioned for the role of Brad Majors, Steve Martin. Oh, oh my gosh, that would have been fun. Interesting. I could have seen that. In those SNL days? Yeah, because yeah. this is around the SNL days. So, Number five, you guys talked about Tim Curry, and you, were, you mentioned Home Alone, Leo. So Tim Curry was reluctant to talk about the movie for years due to bad memories about overzealous fans. During an interview he had with VH1, he admitted that he gained weight and became more of a plain actor to try escape the role of Frank. Th these days, he's you know before he had his stroke, unfortunately, he was more open to talk about the film and sees it as, saw it as a rite of passage for teenagers. Nice. Number six, the movie was originally intended to be shown in black and white. I wish this happened, kind of like Wizard of Oz. So the original. Uh, idea was the movie to start in black and white until Frankenfurter makes his entrance. After he made his entrance, um, the movie would turn to color. The only thing that was supposed to be in color originally were the lips at the beginning of the movie. Mm. That would have been that would have been a lot more interesting to see. Mm. Um, <laughs> I found this fact because of Jenny, because <laughs> she loves the Brits. The Brits. Tim Curry models Doctor Frankenfurter's voice after Queen Elizabeth. 
Oh, that's funny. I. Uh, you, I guess so. Yeah. You've heard her more than I have. I. No. I mean. I guess I don't know. Um, and his funny. mother. <laughs> and his mother. Yeah. Uh, writer and director Jim Sharman famously turned down an offer from 20th Century Fox for a larger budget and a longer shooting schedule if he agreed to work with a more famous rock star at the time. Here are some of the stars that were going to be considered for the movie. Mick Jagger, David Bowie. Which I could see. Lou could Reed. See Lou Reed. Uh-huh. Cher. Cher. Would this have been a better movie if Cher was in it, Jen? But who would Cher have been? Yeah, they, they, they don't specify. Like huh? They don't specify. Well, yeah, like I'm thinking that they would have been playing Eddie's character. Um, Cher yeah, could so, have done it. I mean, she had the Sonny and Cher show at the time. I mean, he, but he ended up opting out and just bring as many original cast members from the yeah. from the original show, which is I commend him for that because it did mm-hmm. and it worked out in the end. Uh, number eight, many television and movies have paid tribute to this movie since its debut. Some of them that I found here were Drew Carey show, Glee, mm-hmm. Perks of Being a Wallflower, which I remember that scene very well, The Fame franchise, Their Rock from the Sun, Charles in Charge, That 70s Show, Daria, CSI New York, Men in Black. Well, do, you, do you guys know what What's seen in Men in Black? Because I can't, I couldn't put, I couldn't no. put it together. Oh, yeah. But I, it could have been something really subtle. It must be yeah. because I, I don't like homage. Called, you call someone Doctor Frankenfurter? Yeah. It must. Yeah, it must be. Uh, Halloween two, the Rob Zombie one. Yeah, Jenny, you never saw that one, right? Yes, I've seen it. Okay, cool. Gross. Loser and the Vice Squad franchise. Yeah, Leah, I already know you like it. I liked it. She I was, very, she was very upset. A lot of. A lot, lot of opinions about our takes on the Rob Zombie on the Halloween episode. <laughs> um, and then finally, most actors and actresses weren't told about the prop corpse of Eddie under the dining room tablecloth. When it was revealed during the filming, their looks of horror are genuine. The only three that knew were Tim Curry, Richard O'Brien, and Meatloaf, who had the model of the corpse. Interesting stuff. And that's all nice the surprise. Yeah, that's all the facts that I have. So yeah, pretty much Rocky Horror Picture Show, I think it still remains one of the most popular films of all time. And I don't think as long as we're living, there'll be a movie that's going to be playing for 40 something years continuously. Do you think there's one before we finish up that's close in terms of cult stature, musical wise or even movie wise that can play at midnight and it'll get this, this attention. Whoever wants to chime in. I'll be honest. Like it's, like, I, I honestly think this is like the quintessential cult movie. Yep. Like this is like if you think in in, in a bubble, what is a cult like classic? It's this. Like yeah. people dressing up, people all in, people just memorizing and looking forward to this movie. It's it's I don't know. Like maybe maybe like Star Wars. Like if you get dressed up and you go to a midnight showing of like New Hope or Empire, maybe. Yeah, but I don't think anything too. is like this. Jen, do you have anything? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's been become kind of popular where you have some movies come back onto the big screen now, or they'll do like sing along versions. Like I know there was like a Grease sing along version, or like you had, um, you know, other movies that will go on. But I feel like it's not exactly the same because it hasn't had this kind of history. 
Um, but maybe, maybe something else will come out, and maybe in forty years, if we're still doing this podcast, <laughs> we'll we can... we'll have a different opinion on on something new. I mean, I feel like it's always good when um, just any movie or any musical really has a lot of fun with itself, and you can have a fun time. I mean, the closest thing and not a cult thing, but when we went to go see no, when we went to go see Mamma Mia two. In theaters oh, with such, that crowd, I, I had a good time with that. We had a good time, yeah, a really and Dave time. had never really seen the first one, and everybody in that theater was so excited for yeah. Mamma Mia too, and people were singing along to all the songs, nice. and that and it wasn't it was just a regular AMC theater. Like so, it didn't, it I had great. Se- to chime in before we go to Rye here. Like I had seen the first one, and I really liked the first Mamma Mia. I found I found no reason why she shouldn't know who her father is, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> um, but for the second one, I went with Jen and her mom, and when Cher came out, dude, oh, Cher. the crowd went bananas. It's Cher. It went ape shit, and I was like, oh, so this is a thing. Yeah. And yeah, but it, you haven't seen a Cher concert either. Yeah, but it She's was amazing, it, really solid. And I think when we saw Bohemian Rhapsody. A lot of people were singing the songs. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, something like that. Right. Do you have anything on your end? I can't really think. I agree with Leo. The closest I can think of is old school Star Wars, but sadly that's faded away. Yeah. Cause I can't even think of a Marvel movie that would draw this kind of fame. Oh, absolutely not. Cause no, the no. closest thing would probably be Endgame, but no one has three hours to go every fucking week to the theater <laughs> to watch it. And it's funny cause I do remember, remember back in 2015 when like the Back to the Future Day finally happened? Yeah. Like, that was maybe the close kind of thing to it, where people were dressing up like the characters, going to watch the movie. But it's like, but that could only happen on that day. Rocky Horror Picture Show can happen every, every single night. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, that wraps it up. I mean, Rocky Horror is near and dear to us, and we are going to continue the musical trend next week when we break down our top ten and five worst musicals of all time. I'm going to do a little tease here and say that Grease will not be in my top ten musical of all time. You bastard. Oh, whoa, whoa. Is, is, is La La Land going to be on your list? Of course it is. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, but to be yeah, fair, yes I think also like Dave, I don't know, but I like, I grew up with Grease because my mom was such a John Travolta fan. I saw it late and in it life. Was always in the house. Like the, the movie was always on or the soundtrack was always on. Like it was part of her cleaning music playlist. So <laughs> like I grew up, you know, with Grease and Dave saw it really late. So I feel like it doesn't hold the same nostalgia for him, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's the difference. Yeah, it probably is. Because I, I some of this is nostalgia for some of these movies. I I have a lot of problems with Grease as a movie. Well, there are things I, in Grease that do not age well. Yeah. That's a different I, episode. Yeah, I have a lot of problems with some of the choices that are made in the movie. The songs are great. Like, there's some really, really solid songs. I just don't like the movie's message. And I never really, and even even before we were in this PC culture, I really didn't like the message of the movie, and I still don't. So that's kind of why I, I'll even give Jen this: Grease Two has a better message than Grease. <gasps> I forget the message of Grease Two. I don't know. Uh, the Grease Two is become a mass vigilante on a motorcycle exactly. and look at all the girls. Exactly. <laughs> He's a cool rider, guys. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ask Jenny. Yes. This is top 10 music. Is Grease 2 going to be on your list or is it an honorable mention? Because you so, and me love musicals. Are we so. making this distinction where it's like we're talking like 
shows that were on Broadway and then are musical no, movie ad- no, adaptations just or just the movie can be any no, musical. No, because La La Land La 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 isn't on Broadway. And no, original so he, songs. So original th- songs. Yeah, can we get the parameters? Yeah. So let's yeah. get the discussion for a very serious episode. Yeah, so, serious about original our, songs and narrative. So Folks, list- you're getting behind the scenes. Yeah, I was about it. to say, our listeners yeah. can know what they're going to expect <laughs> next week. So, musicals. You're not going to have a song with just a movie with just songs. Right, because so, every movie has music. So in for it. example, Correct. like I I'm trying to think of a movie the that the characters have to sing these songs. There has to be those asides that like you have with music. Exactly. Original, right. Like Rent, La La Land, Singing in the Rain, Sing so, Street. Sing Street. That's part of the actual narrative of the film. Correct. It's not just a song in the movie. Like playing in the background. Like yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody is not a musical. Right. Rocket- like Empire okay. Records okay. is not a musical. Exactly. Despite it having. Rocket Man story. is a musical. Is a musical, yeah. Rocket Man is a musical. So you can Correct. do something like Rocket Man. So, uh, yeah. So I'm actually going to. I'm very. I love that Leo and Ryan are going to be on because I'm just so curious. So curious for, for all your lists. Because this should be a very fun, diverse episode. And until then, see you at the movies, kids. Thank you.